Space Podcast. Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out TangiboundNetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? Which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out. TangiboundNetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On today's program, Josh Peterson and I are talking the Han Solo spinoff film and how a change in directors could spell doom for the Star Wars franchise. We're also talking the future of the Uncharted series, Sega Forever, the impending death of the fidget spinners, and is this the worst summer movie season ever? Plus, we have clips from the latest Super BS Gamescast and another hit song from Hyperschmidt. It's a star quadrant full of podcasting asteroids we have to navigate through as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry, that quivering blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And along with me is my cohort in crime. He is the host with the most. He is the man, myth, the legend behind Humanican Media. Is Josh Peterson? How are you, my friend? I feel like cohort is such a degrading term. Maybe uh, assistant evil mastermind would be a better term. Well, we're both like co-hosts. I, you know, when I refer to everybody now, as far as what, what you know, there's no host or co-host or like that deal. Wait, both wait, this, did, did you say co-host? We're in this thing together, man. We're in this thing together. Did you say co-host or cohort? Well, I said cohort in crime. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, like co-conspirator, like. We're going yeah, down yeah. in flames together, whether we like it or not. Yeah, we get which, which leads me to my next my next question. Do you think that it would be 
more insulting to be called Robin or Batman's utility belt? Aren't they one and the same? I think Robin's a little more useless. Fair enough, indeed. But it's <laughs> going to be a great program here today. Uh, before we get into the particulars about today's show, Josh, what is going on with the wonderful world known as Humanica Media? Yeah, we have some Topicocalypse coming at you. I actually just met with a uh, one of the guys from Topicocalypse, Eddie, and we're discussing a podcast that kind of encompasses everything Humanica Media talks about. So we uh, can just have a uh, just a base show, and then all the other shows will branch off of it. But um, yeah, so you have Topicocalypse. There's a new What About This coming at you monday and then um yeah they're super like i said earlier super bs is on hold for a while uh you know well, keep i want to actually spare uh, respects and our thoughts to to brian correct or eric or eric aka brian there you go eric. so <laughs> i just want to play our respects and then our deepest thoughts we hope everything's going to be okay yeah yeah they, they he's in the hospital they they say he'll be okay but they don't know what the extent of the damage will be yet well, I hope he's going to come out of it, uh, True Blue, and, and beyond the Super BES Gamescast sometime very soon. Uh, definitely our thoughts at the Pop Culture Cosmos and PCC Multiverse are with him indeed. Well, it's going to be a great broadcast. Like I said, again, it's going to be a, just a wonderful time indeed. We've got a lot of things to talk about this hour, including everything from Uncharted to summer movies to fidget spinners. That's right. Fidget spinners. Going to be a great uh, show indeed. If you get a chance, check us out indeed at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com, popculturecosmos, game source, and mannequin media on Facebook and Twitter. If for some reason you cannot catch our first run airing on the podcast radio network at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the podcast radio network, where we're uh, definitely just so thankful to you for making us a top 10 rated show. We, uh, you know, you can always catch us on the download because you can download our shows at pretty much any given point in time right after it airs. It's going to be available each and every week, along with the Pop Culture Cosmos show. Both those shows are available on, well, here's the list coming at you right now. The Tangibound Network, the ESO Network, the Gunna Geek Network, Overcast.fm, Ace Podcast Network, iTunes, of course, Podcast.com. Tune in, Stitcher, Player.fm, just found that one today. Mixcloud, Google Play. You can catch us on any one of those downloadable or streaming options. Plus, also, you will get our Pop Culture Cosmos shows when they, after they run on Podcast Radio Network, the number one show for the past four months. That one also goes up on the same channel. And plus, we on pretty much every single one that we produce, we try so hard to add a great podcast on the back end. So you get two podcasts for the price of one, absolutely free. Could be a Humanica Media podcast, could be even upcoming, maybe even a Inside Sports podcast we're thinking about doing again. Also could be a Rob McCallum Films podcast, could be so much more. It's, a, it's two podcasts for one, it's just a great deal indeed every time you download a Pop Culture Cosmos or PCC Multiverse. So Josh, it's been all over the pop culture news past 48 hours. The sudden exit of the directors that were in charge of navigating through the Han Solo spinoff film and who should step in just like that, 
It's Ron Howard. So I want to ask you first your thoughts on the sudden departure and the sudden, I guess, creative differences between the directors of the Han Solo film and Disney and obviously Lucasfilm as well. And then also the hiring of Ron Howard at this point in time. Is that a good strategic move to finish up this? Well, obviously dealing with the Star Wars universe, a very, very and highly anticipated film. Yeah, so this was kind of weird to me because, you know, Marvel has taken a chance on introducing directors who can bring something unique to the Marvel universe. And I figured that that would be something that would transfer over to Disney, or not Disney, but Lucasfilms, now that they're owned by uh, um, Disney. But the thing that, that I'm curious about is the fact that, so the directors, uh, Lord and um, who's the other guy? It's. Uh, it's. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, best known for the Lego movie. Yeah, okay, so they... And probably be known for picking up the job with the Flash movie at this point in time because I believe there may be in negotiations now to pick up that movie. Oh, good. I, yeah, last I heard is Robert Zemeckis was trying to... They're talking about him. But anyways, I, it just goes to show you, I don't think that they're willing to take the risks with Star Wars that Marvel is willing to take with their properties. I know... Because uh, Gareth Edwards did Rogue One, and it was—I remember that that was kind of plagued by uh, the production team saying, "Hey, we got to reshoot this," and there are all these stories of what was going on behind the set with that one. And I'm curious what their take on Han Solo would have been like. But I, I feel like, you know, the maybe it's time that that uh, Lawrence Kasdan is his name, the the writer, that he kind of hands the reins over a little bit because it sounds like he's not so much uh he's he's kind of he's like these old school directors and writers that kind of live in the past are not really willing to take chances and that scares me for the future of star wars because it makes me think hey they're never going to bring anything new to this because all it's really going to take is one bad star wars movie to kind of uh create an avalanche of a bad opinion but would it really start here because han solo and the characters I should say some of the characters we've become so familiar with Lando and whatnot are going to be in the film. So their characters already established and has been, have been established for, for so many years already. I mean, there are some new characters that they're integrating in like uh, Woody Harrelson who plays Han Solo's mentor in the film and, and, and others, of course, but you know, with Chewbacca and Lando and Han Solo, that's still some traditional you you already know how it's going to end up with those characters it's just maybe have that old school logic still there but try something new and different maybe on an entirely different spin-off like rogue one could have been oh well yeah that's still based in ground but like like something else maybe set in a different future like the boba fett film or something like that yeah i mean it's because I, I don't understand well, the because film wouldn't be set in the future, but something a Star Wars film that's a spinoff that could be set in, in a different time frame. Yeah, and the, the the thing that's weird about this is that it is a spinoff. It's not like it's not a mainline entry. It's a spinoff film, and you have these characters who are really just meant like their acting style is meant for the type of comedy that uh, you know Miller and and um, and uh, sorry I can't even remember his name right now. Uh, Lord, Lord and Miller. Lord, yeah, sorry, Lord and Miller are are known for bringing to their film. So it's it's really odd because now Ron Howard, well, he's a he's a good director, I guess, if you don't take into account uh, Inferno or you know whatever his well, well his career 
you know, it was great up until the past 10 years, uh, but it's really gone on the decline ever since then, correct? Yeah, but he's a very, I guess what you'd call cookie cutter director. Like he, if you want somebody to, to follow orders and create what you want them to, then Ron Howard is probably the right guy for the job. Uh, it's, we'll see what he brings that's different to this one, but with him in the director's chair, I feel like it's going to change the whole tone of the movie. It probably will change the whole tone of the movie, but he does have a familiarity with those in charge at Lucasfilm. Yeah, with uh, American Graffiti, I, yeah, I, if exactly. I Well, I, I'm sure the long-standing relationship with, you know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, with Spielberg and Lucas and all that, you know, they've they've obviously worked with Ron Howard uh, on more than one occasion outside of American Graffiti as well. So definitely they that goes back and obviously they they know his work uh over the course of time and this could be a big benefit to ron howard for his career and be a, a big boost at the latter stages of his career correct if he does this if he pulls this off and pulls this off well yeah let's just say like if this movie ends up being good it might wash the uh the taste of the last uh dan brown based movie out of people's mouths follow that drone uh, you know, oh, I'm sorry. That was my review from. I could. It's funny because I read your review and I watch. And after I watched the movie, I because re, I remember thinking when I was reading the book, I was like super into the book, and then I was like, "Wow, that was a really lame twist. Like that was just that's not original at all." <laughs> no, it wasn't, and everybody was just uh, you know, uh, everybody seemed to be twisting as far as it's concerned. It seemed to be like a twist all over the place. Everybody almost in the main central cast had to turn either bad to good or good to bad or indifferent to either one and just it just became monotonous at, at, at some point so it was it was pretty disappointing from that end but you know like i said I, I'm, I'm hopeful that that ron howard will be able to pick up the pieces of what was left from the creative differences between lucasfilm and uh, lord and miller um separating and and hopefully he'll be able to get it done but what do you want to see from a Han Solo movie as far as uh, the whole uh, backstory is concerned that, that intrigues you the most? Okay. The Kessel Run, of course. Um, of course. And 12 and, parsecs? And 12 parsecs, man. You know, it's just that's the fastest ship in the galaxy. But honestly, besides that, I, I would like to see uh, how he met Chewbacca. But really, there's not really anything else I'm curious about because the so gambling as far as how on solo one, uh, the millennium Falcon. The millennium Falcon. Yeah. There's all that stuff would be cool to see, but I don't have anything. I'm like, yes, I really hope they see this. So, and I'm, I think that's working to my advantage because I'm going to go into this movie without any expectations and hopefully I'm going to come out blown away by it. I hope so as well, because once we hype something and, and now the expectations have got to be lowered because of this almost in shooting change, so if it does turn out to be good, there you go. I mean, look at World War Z. I mean, the expectations were lowered dramatically because of all the reshoots that had to be done and the whole latter section of the film that, that had to be totally reworked. And I guess directorial issues were, were somewhat similar as well. And, and look where, where that got. It got to be a, you know, a, a fairly decently rated film. And obviously it, it did wonders at the box office. And is looking for finally. I think a, a sequel is going to be uh, actually starting start filming hopefully later this year. So definitely, uh, if that can happen to that film, then maybe for the Han Solo movie that can work out as well. 
What are your thoughts on the Han Solo film directorial change? Do you think it's going to end up being okay after all, or do you really now have some misgivings or some really uh, anxious moments because of what's going to be taking place? Or do you think it will actually meet its, uh, I think it's a May 2018 uh, as far as uh, premiere date. Is that correct, Josh? Yeah, they're looking to move uh, Star Wars release dates to summer, so that should be exciting. Um, Do you think it's going to still meet the May 2018 release date? From what I understand, they've already started. They've already filmed a lot of it, so it's um, you know I'm I'm sure they've they've got a, they've got a plan in motion. And Disney is one of those companies. Disney is like the uh, like the the EA of video games. They're going to force you to put something out, whether or not it's like well, they're going to apply as much uh, with Disney. Want the money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Disney's going to apply every single resource it has to keep Star Wars afloat and make it a passable movie. Now, it's going to be hard to to reach the the depths of the prequels. So I guess that's the bar set really low there. So if, if the Han Solo film is, is anywhere above that, it's still good. But although... You know, if if it is mediocre at best, it still could could damage the franchise for future Star Wars episodes and future Star Wars spinoffs. Somebody wants to see that Boba Fett film or or you know other spinoff films, maybe Obi Wan Kenobi, what have you, that could set a bad precedent indeed. But again, what are your thoughts out there on the Han Solo spinoff movie? Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, or just give us a shout out or DM us on Humanica Media, Pop Culture Cosmos, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, it's going to be a great episode of the PCC Multiverse. Got a great song coming up for you from Chad and Hyperschmid. And that's going to be coming up right now, right here on the PCC Multiverse. Where you are, oh I would not change a thing You are dear, you are flawless Will you fix my broken wing? On a ledge, can you see What you know you're looking for? I am sure I've forgotten Once again I lost my goal In my problems I feel small It's the climb
I give it to you. I give it to you. Hold on. This won't last forever. We'll be all gone. So I give it to you. I give it to you. But the sun will rise in the dark we all are blind all this time it wasn't fair so much light it wasn't there it's the climb of a life it's a fight and i know we're gonna fall but he needs broken wings and it's worth it it's the climb of a life it's a fight and i know This is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Hey everyone, if you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly, or that punting green to work on your golf game, Always Green provides installation and landscaping with only American-made products such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today, 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach and get your home looking great with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse channels. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. I'm here along with my good friend, co-host along with me. We're both co-hosting, co-hosting type deal. It's Josh Peterson. Really, really, really appreciate you, you joining us on the broadcast here today. And don't forget our Monday show every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos show, the number one show, thanks to you, four months straight on the Podcast Radio Network. And then that's also available on all the streaming options I mentioned earlier as well. Well, Josh, I want to ask you a quick question, and then we're going to go into really as far as more depths with it. In your opinion... Is this the worst summer movie season ever so far? Is it the worst? Uh, it's pretty close. I mean, it's it's been a disappointing summer movie season so far. And 
I don't know. I mean, obviously I've had different opinions on films than a lot of other people, but, uh, yeah, it's just nothing's really King King Arthur and Wonder Woman, but nothing's really struck me as like, Oh, that was so rad. And I'm hoping that dark tower and blade run, does Blade Runner come out in the summer? Is that a no? That's a kind of like a fall release. Okay. Well, I'm hoping Dark Tower will fill that void, and uh, as expected, Transformers is bombed. But uh, yeah, it's really right now. Like the the summer is relying heavily on Spider Man and the Dark Tower and Baby Driver. Those are like the three cool movies that look like they might have any uh, weight in the box office at the moment. So I agree with you more on that as well. But uh, with speaking of Transformers, which just came out and has done less than half the opening day of the previous uh, iteration did, uh, it still banks a lot of its money, as we've talked about on previous episode overseas. But your thoughts on, on the horrible critical rating, in this case, I think it's definitely justified. Uh, as far as Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic is concerned. But then again, all the films in the Transformers series have been bad, but they've performed so well financially. So what do you think is the the difference as far as this? Could it be viewer fatigue or, or something else? I think it's a, it's a mix of viewer, meti- uh, sorry, viewer fatigue and the fact that critics were already bashing the movie before it even came out. We were doing it and like, you know, it, it they're getting bad reviews, but uh, I think it's but one of those. But they've also got bad reviews. I don't think yeah, any of them have gotten but a, I mean, a making about 50 on Metacritic. Making fun of Transformers. like this is, it's a, this is a weird thing, but making fun of Transformers and Michael Bay has become like, um, you know, making fun of Nickelback. It's just kind of like the cool it's thing to do passage, now. It's a rite of passage, right? Yeah, it's a rite of passage. So whether or not the movie's actually bad, we'll have to go and watch. I, I, don't, I don't think that the, the Transformers series as a whole are – are terrible. I think they just became stagnant. Like we, we've seen it all. This the story is not good. It's not terrible, but it's just not there. It's like there isn't a story. It's not existent. But they're never coherent. Yeah, and that's the problem. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like. I, I think that people are getting burnt out on it. Maybe they want to take a f- a few years off, try to build the demand back up from it. But from what I understand, they already have Transformers Six in the works. So yes, it's twenty eighteen possibly, and then yeah, it's twenty eighteen, and they're, then they're also talking about a Bumblebeast because he's so cute, and lovable, and and I don't know. I mean, do you think this is something that that can reach out to audiences, or do you think, like you said, they need to do a reset, maybe? go back into it maybe five seven years from now uh, they need to I, they shouldn't reboot it no don't don't do that because then it's just going to waste all the time that we've spent watching these movies but i think they should wait you know build a demand back up and come at it when you're not coming at it from an angle where you want to make money come at it when you have a, 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 an actual story to tell well and, also then hasbro has talked didn't didn't you tell me hasbro's even talked about you know doing a spinoff between the uh their two main hot properties gi joe and transformers together in the movie right yeah and they want to do crossover films so this is all these movies are existing just for cash grabs and like when we're we're at the this this tipping point where franchise fatigue is becoming a thing and transformers is at is going to be the weight that pushes it over so it's going to start with transformers it's going to keep escalating into other franchises and then we're just uh it's just not going to spell good things for future blockbusters. 
Uh, indeed, it, it does spell a lot of hardship indeed for upcoming blockbusters indeed. And because as I think audiences are kind of getting tired of, of stagnant, repetitive franchises that have been around for, for many years now, I, I'm worried at some point in time, people are going to get tired of the Marvel franchises and the Star Wars franchises unless they do things to keep it fresh. Uh, as like what uh, as we're seeing now with Transformers, people are, are really getting tired of the actual franchise and series itself. What are your thoughts are out there on the actual summer movie season? Do you think this is the, actually one of the worst summer movie seasons ever? I've been hard pressed to find a movie this summer season that I just really just was overjoyed to see. Um, there's been a lot of movies that have been substandard, and a lot of them have been mediocre at best what are your thoughts are on the summer movie season please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also as well humanica media pop culture cosmos and game source on facebook and twitter as well you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials get ready for box art a gaming docuseries from pyre productions and rob mccallum films in 2017 if you love video games chances are there's a box cover or cover image that you love and has stuck with you for decades in our series box art we travel across north america to visit with the unknown illustrators and artists responsible for creating the most iconic gaming images of all time what was once scheduled to be a 90-minute documentary is now a six-episode season packed with unbelievable tales that paint a picture of the gaming industry you've never imagined. Box Art arrives this year, just one of the many pop culture projects from Rob McCallum, Empire Productions. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture, Cosmos, and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. And, well, this is always a topic I like to talk about uncharted baby uncharted the preeminent series in video game narrative is going to be at this point in time closing out a certain segment uh, of its actual iterations with uncharted the lost legacy coming out i believe in august if i'm not mistaken um looking forward to playing through that it's a kind of a spin-off of the actual uncharted 4 game but it's going to be its own standalone dlc uh, it's going to be a little bit more expensive than DLC, but a little bit priced underneath a, a what a regular game would cost. It's going to be a full adventure that that's going to take uh, familiar characters from the series, such as Chloe and whatnot, through their own adventure. So I'm definitely looking forward to playing that. But when pressed during recent interviews, uh, officials at Naughty Dog have conceded that this probably won't be the last adventure in the uncharted universe when uncharted 4 came out it looked like from all intents and purposes that was going to be the last adventure and that that naughty dog was kind of done with the series as a whole so i ask you josh josh peterson of humanica media what are your thoughts on on extending the uncharted series and coming back to it Obviously not right away because I know Naughty Dog wants to do some other things. And obviously the last of two is, is most preeminent among them. But what are your thoughts on, on the news that, that they will most likely return to the Uncharted saga at some point in time? I think that they should um, explore some other characters. I think it's cool. They should explore other characters like they're doing with this new one. They're talking and then, about possibly even uh, doing a backstory on Sully, who is uh, Sullivan, 
who who's actually uh, one of the most uh, endearing characters in the series. Right. Yeah, I was reading that, and that would be cool. Do a backstory on him. Do a backstory on uh, not the brother, but was the the villain Wraith. Like, I think he would have an interesting backstory, and you know, fill fill some time with those characters, and then. Or even he, the brother himself, because remember, he was jailed for a period of time, according to... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then when, you know, after we've explored who they are, then the fans will really be craving the return of Nathan Drake. And I can just see it, like, making the announcement at E3, have Nathan Drake's voice come in, the fans go crazy. Like, there, there's a lot of possibilities for that. And it's, like, it, it's something that people would get hyped over. Uh, definitely, I would get hyped over. I might even do a backflip. Okay, no, I wouldn't. But uh, I would be very excited indeed, um, just because Naughty Dog seems to do so much right when it creates an Uncharted game. Um, gameplay mechanics aside, uh, their narrative has always been intriguing, and and the narrative and just the story has been gripping, like very few other series has been able to maintain throughout the course of period of time. I mean, we just saw with Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't able to keep up the narrative because another studio took it over. And I think that's also what Naughty Dog is preventing. Naughty Dog is preventing five years down the line, Sony getting that itch, you know, to to go ahead and, you know, really need a charter to come back. Um, um, ben Studios, I know you did a, a Vita version of it. Can you, once you do a full version of it, you know, we, we own the rights so we can do it, right? So, uh, or, you know, Sony Santa Monica or London Studios or whoever they they would, you know, commission that. So, because uh, obviously that would be the temptation down there t- at Sony to do something like that. So I think it's in Naughty Dog's best interest at some point in time to revisit some of these characters or create some of the, some new ones. I don't want to spoil the ending of Uncharted 4, but there are possible leads as far as where the series could go as well uh, into some new character realms. So that's a possibility as well. But I just think... The daughter, too. The daughter, I guess, would make it. Spoilers. Oh, geez. If you haven't played Uncharted 4 by now, you're probably not going to. <laughs> yeah, I know, absolutely. It's, it, but yeah, the daughter as well, that would be a, she would be a great le- idea to have a lead, to, you know, a game centered around her to create that, that Drake tradition uh, indeed. So, or, you know, Sullivan backstory or, or what have you. There's just so many great options when it comes to the Uncharted universe. And I'm definitely looking forward to the day, hopefully not, too far away but i know they want to at least give some time so it probably won't be something that we're going to be able to talk about for another three four years at least but at least it's it's better than what was said at the time of uncharted 4 because naughty dog really seemed like they were done absolutely done 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 with uncharted so it's definitely great indeed you know i've got uh mr nathan drake right here behind me uh uh, all uh, up in arms about that possibility. So that's great indeed. So maybe even an appearance by uh, an older Nathan Drake would be a, would be fine indeed. Especially with a movie coming out uh, with Tom Holland, which I know a lot of people are on the fence on because, and I know we've discussed this in regards to Tom Holland as a younger Nathan Drake as opposed to what I was hoping for, like an already established Nathan Drake. But, you know, maybe they want to, just grow him into that mold. And and if they do really want to make it a series, I, I can see their, their logic in that, but all right. 
we'll see how it goes with with the uncharted film series but naughty dog does have full control of its game series with sony so it's good to see that sony is going to allow naughty dog at some point in time and if naughty dog chooses to which at this point in time looks the most likely that they're going to re-enter the uncharted realm not right away but hopefully right around the corner what are your thoughts on uncharted being returned at some point in time not too quick not too soon after uncharted lost legacy but down the road at some point in time an uncharted series kicking up back again tell us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com also as well humanic media on facebook and twitter as well before we continue on or or before we play a clip from the latest super bs games cast uh josh do you have a nice cold beverage if right now with your new mighty mug is that correct that's correct he does he does indeed because if he turned off the mute he would be able to uh, go ahead and tell you the wonders of mighty mug <laughs> oh uh, never mind yes i do i i didn't know that it, it like i was wondering how it works and then like i put it on the desk and i was trying to move it and i was like that's weird yeah you can't move it because it i'll tell you what out there if you want to just go to mightymug.com or type in mighty mug on amazon.com you're going to see a lot of great products from the makers of Mighty Mug um, to hold your favorite beverage in up to 16, 18 ounce sizes. I did a review on it. If you want to find out more, go to our review on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. These are great products indeed. They stay. If you got any flat, hard service, it sticks down like a suction cup, so you can't knock it over. I'm actually whacking it right now, hitting it, giving it giving some, some, you know, paint brushing it with some smackage right there. Boom, 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 boom. No, nothing, nothing. It's not knocking over indeed. So it's definitely a great product for clumsy people such as myself. Josh is not as clumsy, but, you know, he likes the fact that it doesn't knock over. So it's a great thing indeed. Uh, if you get a chance, check out our review, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. And if you're really interested in a really solid container for your next beverage, please give it a try. Go to MightyMug.com or MightyMug on Amazon.com. They're great values indeed. They're right around 20 bucks for most of their items. Great value. They're going to last a while, and, and you really can do a lot with them, holding your favorite beverage indeed, especially if you go back and forth, if you're always in the car or whatnot, or if you just don't want your beverages to spill over. Trying to knock it over again. Didn't knock over. So it's a great thing indeed. That's Mighty Mug. And like I said, check out our review on Mighty Mug at popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. Hi, this is Josh from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. The guys from the Super BS Gamescast are back with the latest gaming news. 
Yeah, well, there's a lot of news this week. Uh, exciting for me is that Radiant Historia, the remake, has been announced for a Western release. Dang you, Nintendo! Bring it to 3DS! Um... You, you want them to bring it to 3DS? I mean, sorry, Switch, doing. Switch. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, there's a list of games. Yeah, yeah, it was um, 3DS games. It was. No Switch. Uh, let's see, Etrian Odyssey. Five. So. Five. Um, Not enough. I want. Reading Historia. What was the other six. game? Is it a Shin Megami? Game? Uh, yeah, Shin Megami. Yeah, I I don't know which one is. It's not like the the numbered ones, but it's yeah. like a spinoff. Um, but um, I'm really excited about that. I probably I haven't really successfully gotten into a Shin Megami game, so yeah. I don't. I probably won't get into that. Nor will I probably play Etrian Odyssey. Yeah. Um, I I enjoy. I think I like those dungeon crawlers. Um, but I'm just I'm just not enough into the aesthetic of those particular ones for me to want it. Uh, but Radiant Historia, I mean, I will just. I'll praise that game for all time, and yeah. then I'll travel back to time. travel back in time to go down the B path, praise it again, <laughs> and complete my A and B paths. Praise you, and then have my final path and praise it. Praise it more. Praise it more. So I gotta praise that. You know what's funny? If they release those games at the same time on Switch, I bet they would sell innumerable copies because there's what three million Switch owners now, and like. Five yeah. games, five actual Yeah, I mean, realistically, like, they should have they should have asked them asked to be built because it's clearly the game is not built for a Switch because it is yeah. a two it is a two screen yeah, game, so they, they would have to redo it. They have to redo some of it, but I think like most of the stat screens and stuff, like the bottom screen stuff. I mean, the fighting. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it could be done. Yeah, it, you know, they would have to do it. on the side or something like that. I just. Um, I just yeah, if it, if if that game was. <laughs> There's like a handful of games. Like if that game was coming out to Switch, I would buy it. Um, and Secret of Mana Collection, which just came yeah. out in Japan. If that would was be coming amazing out, that'd be if awesome. they were going to give us that one. But they won't, they won't translate Seeking Dynasty 3. Yeah. It's so cool though. Well, how do they decide what games to bring over here and what games to not? I think, well, for that one, I think it's just they're not translated. So they're not, or one of the games they, isn't they translated. Just don't so. Put money into translating? They don't even have to put money. They could probably just ask the fan translation guy if they could use his translation. He'd probably say yes, would be my guess. Yeah. A lot of people just do it because they love the games anyways. They just probably don't want to do any of the work. So yeah. all the work would be... I don't know if there was a if there was ever an official translation yeah. for that one. Because a, a lot of those games that don't make it over here, like from the old RPG, like the Super Nintendo, Ray Nintendo, a lot of them were like, it's been translated, we just didn't release it. Yeah. So like I think that's what happened with Mother, right? So just, yeah. They just yeah, sit on it. What, why? What? Sometimes it's because of system... Like, um, I think in the case of, um, I'm trying to think of the game. Like I know, like I think, like for example, Star Fox Two, yeah. which is not just not translated; it was also never released. Yeah, uh, was done, but the Nintendo 64 was coming out, so yeah. they didn't want to release another game on Super Nintendo, which is so interesting because of what they're doing with the 3DS, yeah. where it's like, oh, we have our new system out, but let's keep releasing games for other system. Yeah. Um, so frustrating. But that is actually pretty fascinating when you think about that. It's a yeah. huge change of philosophy. Um, oh yeah, and what what uh, Dank's talking about real quick to fill up everyone in is there was a Pokemon Direct this uh, this last week, and not only were there the 3DS RPGs that we just mentioned, but they everybody was waiting for it. It finally happened. Pokemon's coming to Switch. Everybody, the crowd was going wild. Everybody was cheering them on, and then it was actually Pokemon. Which everybody wanted more, so everybody went wild and they loved it. <laughs> did the did the audience like no. go down? Like, yeah, did, uh... 
I, I know that there was somebody I read a comment like the night before, like, hey, I hope it's Pokemon on Switch because I have stocks in Nintendo and I hope they go up. <laughs> that guy's sad because I doubt his stocks went up at all. No. Um, um, yeah, it's so dumb. They keep releasing, there's going to be new Pokemon on 3DS in November. So yeah. we thought it was done at the end of the summer, but doesn't look like it. Um, uh, there's what, what else has been news this week? Um, Final Fantasy Dissida. Oh yeah, for oh, PS4 yeah. only. The, it was actually like an old game. It's it's Is not it? an, it's not the old Dissidia. It's one that they released I think a year or two ago specifically arcades. for arcades. Yeah. So it was a newly developed game because I don't think Team Ninja made the other ones. No, 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 no. Yeah, and I guess I keep forgetting Dissidia was like eight years ago. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. this is a new game. I. I I can't believe it's what like is that the long. story in this? Is this like how in, in Marvel versus DC these stories are pretty? Like are the stories for these are games. pretty batshit? Yeah, it's like it's almost the exact same. Basically, they've taken the uh, they no matter what spinoff of Final Fantasy, whenever there's a Final Fantasy where multiple characters are involved, they always revert to the main bad guy from Final Fantasy One, which is Chaos. Oh, okay, and uh, or Garland sometimes, but usually Chaos. Um, See the guy looks like Ifrit that I saw in the trailer. So kind maybe, of yeah, maybe not quite like Ifrit though. He's way more like. Uh, I'll see if I can find a picture for you while I'm talking about him. But they so they always they always go into even like the rhythm games. It's always like the balance between light and like chaos and light or whatever is like. <laughs> yeah. So there's like the light goddess It'd and there's light chaos. chaos. There's always the they always like pull the crystal card. Oh, he's asking yeah. if it's this guy. I think. Uh, I don't think that's chaos. You're asking if it's this. Yeah. yeah no. Okay. I'll show you what chaos looks like. That's the Super BS Gamescast available today on all Hematica Media outlets. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast here today. I know I say it all the time, but it believe me, with the kind of numbers we're getting, that is just overwhelming to both Josh and myself. We just we cannot thank you enough for being part of the broadcast and listening in uh, to whatever we've got to say about the pop culture world. Josh, before we head on, uh, you know, to our next subject, can you enlighten us a little bit more about what's going on with Humanica Media? We just played a, a little thing from the Super BS Gamescast, so shed some light on what's going on with uh, with more stuff from Humanica Media. Yeah, I know that my uh, mic is unmuted this time. I know, right? That's yeah, I had the best, the best line for this uh, unspillable cup, but uh, you know, go for it, go for it. Mighty Mug does what? Well, moments gone it's it's not it's not funny anymore so <laughs> it was timing uh yeah what's going on we have a uh new what about this coming at you on monday uh super bs is on hold for a couple weeks if you're listening earlier you know why uh new topic apocalypse uh coming or in the uh, it's it's done so i'm going to be posting it periodically as the over the next couple weeks and Finally, there we're working on a new podcast. So, and Inside Sports is coming back. So, there's all kinds of good stuff. Oh, that's awesome indeed. And then, like I said in our post recently on Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source, if you are interested in becoming a contributor in any sport that you feel that you can provide expertise on and let the let the people out there know, and you don't mind coming on our one of our YouTube sessions. And, and yeah, chewing the fat with either Josh or uh, myself 
or the host of the Inside Sports, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Charles Smith Jr. Please uh, let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or direct messages at Humanity Media. Also as well, Game Source. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and Twitter. So that that's great thing indeed. Just cannot wait to start the Inside Sports and talk on some sports. I know we do a little bit on the Pop Culture Cosmos and PCC Multiverse, but getting into do a little bit more and working with Charles is, is going to be a definitely great thing indeed. He's a super guy, and I'm, I'm just wishing all the best for for his upcoming podcast. Speaking of our podcast, Josh. Have you got a chance to check out the latest thing going on with retro gaming and Sega coming to mobile devices? I sure have, Gerald. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's that's pretty rad. The uh... that was a great lead-in, by the way. Yeah, no thank force, you. No, there was nothing for us there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm reading about it now. Like the uh, it's it's an app for your phone, and all the the classic Sega games are free. So that is pretty rad and that's from the genesis 2 dreamcast so that covers a lot of ground there and a lot of different titles my hope is that it will have streets of rage eventually because everyone knows that's the best sega game well some madden people may may say differently i'm not that's one fair. of them but that's I'm mostly because they're wrong oh well <laughs> maybe they can say sega cd and do night trap as well just for those uh people looking into waiting for the Night Trap uh, remake to come out, but not like me. I'm not interested, but anyways, yeah, that's that's another story here and there. Um, I would hopefully love to see them get into the Sega Saturn. I'd love to see Daytona uh, USA on that Daytona. But anyways, um, it, it's going to be a great thing because it's coming to mobile devices and it's absolutely free. You just got to go ahead and guess what? Tolerate some ads. But to get a chance to play all these great games from the past, what are your thoughts as far as being able to get a chance to get your hands on all these great titles that that you know you and I both once uh, had such great admiration for? I, like I mentioned to you earlier, I think that people will will play them, but they're not really like they're fun games to have and they're fun games to play around with, but they're not. It's not something someone's going to get seriously invested in. And well, so, I don't want to really go down that retro road. Um, and I, I guess it depends on if they make it so you can save your game, especially with like Fantasy Star. Like if you can go in there and say like, because you can't, nobody wants to, phone batteries have not reached the point where you can sit there and grind for for 12 hours. You know, it, ha it hasn't, True. We, we haven't reached that point yet with battery life. No, but maybe with tablet life plugged in. But see, that that's just a small percentage of people who are going to actually use it because you and I when we're going to be interested in using something like this we're going to be out and about on our mobile phone wanting to kill 10 to 20 minutes of time uh just like pretty much every mobile user when they're you know as every game like Pokemon Go Angry Birds and whatever you know games has has uh you know come down the pipeline over the mobile that's been a craze indeed but this I just think is a great idea by Sega uh and but it also makes me you know, sort of nostalgic as far as the time when Sega thought it was going to be actually be the number one kid on the block and ahead of Nintendo, ahead of Sony, ahead of, you know, in the future Xbox. So, hey, you never know, though. Atari announced a new console. We might just see Sega make a comeback here one of these days. Well, that's true. And your thoughts on the new Atari console? Do you think it's really going to be uh, something that people are going to capture that same kind of attention that the Nintendo 
uh, unit got during the holiday season last year, which unfortunately got taken away from us all too soon? They haven't specified exactly what it is. So is it going to be another classic retro console or is it, are they going to try to make something new? I can't see them competing with Sony or Microsoft. Uh, I'm, I'm fascinated. Like if they were to make something that did have HDMI and, you know, it could support some really killer games like and something new, like that's Atari for a whole new generation. Like we, they're, they're people who missed out on that phase, so that would be rad, but, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. They said it's comparable to a modern PC, so, I mean, that's got me intrigued for sure. So Definitely I'm, myself as well, but yeah. people, like, you know, they don't, when they see this logo like I'm wearing it right now, the Atari, not all of them, you know, shameful of them, shame on you, by the way, not all of them know what the Atari symbol means. In fact, in the latest... Uh, Blade Runner 2049 trailer. I mean, this Atari is just like out there and not everybody is familiar with, with Atari even at this point in time. So, so I have them having come out with a, with a new system possibly. It's just, I think it's just really just, even if it's retro based, it's still very, very intriguing indeed. So uh, any final thoughts on all this retro gaming that we're talking about either on a mobile or a new system entirely? I say that manufacturers are definitely trying to cash in on the '90s nostalgia because that is that's that's the thing right now. And I know, like, I was reading today, Nickelodeon is bringing back like a, a whole lot of their cartoons from the '90s. So it's definitely a fad that people are trying to market. And hey, it's working. I'm I'm buying it. Uh, I want to see a new Ren and Stimpy made uh, made out. That would be awesome. That would hey, be new cool. Rocco's Modern Life though. I mean, yeah. did never think that would happen. Ren and Stimpy, Ren and Stimpy. That and Starship Troopers. Those two things they can bring back from the Ooh. 90s. And I would well, they, they had a, an animated sequel to Starship Troopers, I think. No, real Starship Troopers. Real. Real, yes. Yes, watch out for those bugs. But anyways, uh, tell us your thoughts on the retro gaming scene with the announcements of the new Atari system that's coming on the way and also as well Sega Forever. Share us your thoughts. On, we want to hear from you. What games did you love playing during that time? What games are you looking to play again? And what 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 are you looking forward to from both of these concepts? Give us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or Humanican Media Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Hey everyone, venture into the Pop Culture Cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the Cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Every Monday night. 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. And I'm here along with my good friend. He is the man, the myth, the legend. Behind Humanity Media is Josh Peterson. And we're just uh, going to be doing some spinning here because I think everyone in, well, pretty much the entire world the civilized world, I should say, has now seen these things in action. And such a small thing that does such a simple thing has grown to be this worldwide phenomenon 
I was actually recently in vacation at several different locations, including theme parks at Disneyland and SeaWorld and Legoland. And they all had their own fidget spinners there by the dozens. They're every single retailer outlet. They're at retailer outlets you wouldn't expect to find toys and games. Uh, everything from uh, auto supply stores to 7-Elevens to just, you know, you name it. They all seem to have these fidget spinners. The fidget spinners craze is now hot and heavy. Maybe there's a little bit of case of everybody jumping in and, and it's oversaturated already. So I ask you, Josh, this time next year in 2018, will fidget spinners still be a thing? I don't think so. I think it's going to be like, I, you know what I think is due for a comeback is yo-yos. I think they've, we're, we're primed for an Omega comeback, but as for fidget spinners, I've, no, they've, you know, they had fidget cubes and all that stuff. That's been around for a while. And it's a funny story with the lady that actually invented the fidget spinner, forgot to renew her, her trademark on it. And that's why all these companies, all these things suddenly just blew up and everyone's got them. Yeah, no, I, I think that it's weird because I'm reading stories about fidget spinners and like people, I'm like mesmerized by you spinning that right now. I'm, I'm reading stories of people who are saying that doc or doctors have prescribed fidget spinners to kids with ADHD or there's stories about uh, moms going on Facebook and saying, Hey, don't buy fidget spinners because they, you know, my daughter choked on something or it, it cut my fingers. But like, you, you, then you read the age of like the people he's happened to like four, 13, 14, 15. You're like, you don't really feel bad for them. That's kind of like the laws of nature. You don't put a, a small piece in your mouth and then try to swallow it and expect something bad not to happen. But uh, yeah, I think the time of the fidget spinner will is fading. You see them, they were really popular. Now I'm seeing them less and less. So I think it's already on the decline. I am not seeing them any less and less. They are literally everywhere I turn. Uh, like I said, when I was on vacation, they were they were at E3. We got one at E3, a mixer one. Do you remember that? This is true. We did. Yes. So you know, even even Microsoft has jumped into this. So I'll tell you what, right now everybody's jumping into this, but by the end of the year, hopefully this will be uh, something that, that we can soon forget. And this time next year, I think it actually will have been, remember that time fidget spinners was a thing? Well, I'm hoping and, that that's And then people will be like, hey, check out this sweet new Omega X brand I got as they're doing little yo-yo tricks and spinning the, the cradle, you know, around the world walking the dog on the high wire, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, something like that. I was never really good at the yo-yo, but if it does come back, I might have to get get, you know, get a lot better at it. So um, just, uh, you know, your thoughts out there, is the fidget spinner going to die a horrible death sometime very soon? Do you want it to die a horrible death sometime soon like Josh and I do? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, and Humanity Media on Facebook and Twitter as well. And one more last shout out to Mighty Mugs. Give a, give a big shout out to them. Great product. Gave a very, very, very you know good review of it. You want to check it out, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. We truly appreciate them allowing us to get a chance to test these out. I would and, show you uh, mine, but it's stuck to the desk. Exactly. So they... Uh, they're, they're, you know, once they lock in, it, it's hard to get them out, and that that's good. So, 
See, that was me popping it out of the desk right here indeed. So, exactly. That's not that that's intended audio sounds right there for you. Uh, but yes, it's definitely a great product indeed. And if you really, if you're out there driving right now and you're really looking for something better to hold your beverage in, check it out, MightyMug.com or MightyMug on Amazon.com or check out a review at PopCultureCosmos.wordpress.com. So it's been a great one indeed. A lot of great stuff we covered here today. Any last thoughts before we head on out, Josh? No, I think we're, uh, I think that pretty much covers everything I want to talk about, you know. Until stuff. the next disaster. Until the next disaster. Yeah, yes, we'll be there. Well, might we'll even see. be caused by us. We don't know yet. It's 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 up in the air. Well, it's definitely going to be Michael Bay, maybe uh, just uh, freaking out because uh, Transformers just really just did not take off at, at the box office. But we'll get the final numbers in, and we'll report on them on the Pop Culture Cosmos show next week. So definitely looking forward to that as well, along with other great things from the world of pop culture. For Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's been another beautiful day right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself. As I can show this mighty web one last time. A great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Super. Super. BS. Hey everyone, venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. We just want to thank you guys. We did it. We just became the world's number one podcast. We got the viewers. We're at 500,000 listeners and viewers combined. We're at, we're at almost at the Mario 2 song. And that's the type of music we're going to keep giving you now till the end of time. Now that we're the world's number one podcast. How many viewers do we have? All of them. All of the viewers on YouTube <laughs> voted us number one. I mean, we have all of our own viewers. Yeah. So it's not really, it's like a misle- it's like a political statement. Like political statement. A truth and a half truth and then a lie all mixed into one. And that's like, the truth. And that is the truth. So, what movies have come out recently? <laughs>
<laughs> what did it come out? I, what did I just? Doesn't matter what movies came out. What Wonder matters Woman. is the, the reviews for the Mummy came out, uh, oh. which are that's are, are, they, are they bad? I don't want to know anything. Let's about just say we're in a basement and I can smell it from here. Oh, <laughs> oh man! I saw Wonder Woman though. Well, you know what's funny about? I didn't like it. Shut up for a second. Sorry, that was aggressive. No, 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 that was funny. It sounded funny in my head. Uh, <laughs> now we need an apology the, cast. Uh, sorry, wait for apology. This is the this is the first the first movie where we're really seeing the flaws, the imperfections of Scientology because Tom Cruise <laughs> finally looks old and weird. Well, he's uh, not level seven yet. He can't right. levitate. Well, what I'm saying is that if you notice, like even in like Mission Impossible, I feel like. He looks I mean, a lot younger. Does he ever age? And then now it looks like he's had plastic surgery. Well, yeah. So, he must be almost 60 now, though, right? I don't know how old he is. I am very curious. Um, now, to get back to what Jank was saying. Hey, but for real though, Russell Crowe, that guy, he hit a certain age and he hasn't aged since. I don't know. Yeah, but he hit like old man age. Yeah. He, like, <laughs> he hit it very young. He's, he's like. In, do you see nice guys? Yeah. He's literally playing my girlfriend's dad. <laughs> like, he's like, he's like kind hearted, but always kind of grumpy seeming. And every time he just, he's like, ah, oh, shit, whatever. Like that kind of thing. Like that's, that's literally. Yeah. I'm trying to, fi- trying to figure it out. Well, okay. How was Wonder Woman real quick before we get on to It was you? good, but it was overhyped, I feel. Really? It, it basically, like the first act was great, but then it turned into Captain oh, America. He's 54. Yeah, no, he's not. Okay, sorry, we're back to Tom Cruise. Oh, we're in Captain Cruise. America, so they had a it guy was, who ripped his mask off and became the devil. It was pretty much <laughs> was Captain America after the first act. I, I thought, I saw, I got that vibe from the trailer, but I guess that's what happens when it's a superhero movie set in World War II. Yeah, so. that's Oh, World War One. Oh, World War One. But it's funny because yeah. I went to, like, I went on. That was like the cool thing about it. I was like telling people that I didn't really think it was that great, and it was like, I have so offended them. So you wanted to draw a, the ire of the internet, huh? Well, it's <laughs> like. It's like I had offended them on an emotional level. Yeah, because. why did you tell anyone that? Because <laughs> it's like, it's everyone's darling right now online is the Wonder Woman, like, maybe. It's supposed to be pretty good. We had a buddy who saw it, he really liked good. it. It is good. I didn't not enjoy it, but it just had, you know, but had some flaws. I'm just happy DC has a movie that people oh, think is sure. okay, that's done okay, because otherwise yeah. I feel like DC was going to crash and burn, and they have no shot. Yeah, Man of Steel was, was decent. Man of Steel is terrible. That's what like one of the worst about? movies. What? I would rather see Batman versus Superman. I would actually put it like, because I haven't seen Wonder Woman. Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad. Uh, oh what else? God. What do they feel they have in the DC Extended Universe? Do you guys know? That's it. What? Um, there's... Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, the... Okay, and then Man of Steel down at the ground for people who aren't watching us. Green Lantern. <laughs> Green Lantern. Green Lantern. <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> I don't know if that's DCE. Are they gonna get Ryan Reynolds back? That'd be awesome. I don't think they're doing a Green Lantern anymore. They should, because that was terrible. <laughs> they need a second one. I heard they have like a you know like a sequel ending to that one. Right. Obviously, no sequel. Um, anyways, we are a video game podcast about movies, and we don't talk about games anymore. We hate E3. And we don't even want to know about it. Welcome to Super BS, the best cooking show on the internet. Oh my god. Smack this guy. I'm Brank. Jank. Brank 2.0. And Dank. Okay, what have you been playing, Dank? Uh, <laughs> mostly uh, mostly Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia. Do you, like long game. Do you like it any I, more than last week? Yeah, I like it more. Um, I had I like my it. first... 
You like it enough to buy something for it. Yeah, I did foolishly buy the season pass. I don't know if it's foolish, but it's a very expensive season pass. It is pass. expensive. So the reason I do this... It's almost 50. It's, more, it's, 40, it's more than the game. <laughs> there is a lot of content and supposedly more, but the reason I did this is because I had a balance of like 30 bucks in my Nintendo account, and since nothing comes out for Nintendo anymore... Yeah, 3DS, yeah. I was like... What am I ever going to use this money for? You so, could have bought Ever Oasis though, which looked really cool. Yeah, I mean, I can yeah, still buy whatever. it. Yeah, you can get um, it. Um, but uh, that's anyway. So I've been I've been playing that. Um, it is a lot of fun. I finally I've kind of made some headway into the game. Um, I'm at the point where you can control. There's two armies you control in this game. Um, there's like two story paths. not two story paths in the sense that you choose two story paths. I mean, the main game. Uh, splits focus between two different characters. And do you get to choose, or is it just kind of yeah. like, oh, okay, it just no, sends you like, down the way? Yeah, it's like chapter by chapter, but I'm at a part where you can freely choose between and do like oh. accomplish missions and stuff. So it is a lot of fun. Um, I'm definitely enjoying the battling system. I wish that... Um, for a game that can, if you want it to be grindy, it can be very grindy. Um, I don't really... The concept of grinding sometimes to me is is baffling, where it's like, okay, I'm at your max level for each class is, t is 20, but there's yeah. class upgrades, so you tier classes and stuff is like that. Is it the same as the old ones where you want to get to 20 before you tier up so you can get all your stats? So, yes and no. This is hotly debated on GameFAQs, where I frequent <laughs> I wish it was like a lesser known one. It's hotly debated on... You porn where I, I go to um, like some like weird site. Oh, 500 listeners, please don't say that. That well, wasn't the site that first came to my mind. 4chan is basically a <laughs> mix of game facts and you porn, I guess. Not, not a porn cast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, facts. I do actually go to game facts a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll just Google. Yeah, and it always I'll comes Google up. i a question, and usually the nerds that talk about it the most are the ones on game facts, so. Um, yeah, it's Sorry. funny. It's funny when you when you frequent those kind of things and you start seeing the same people for every RPG that you play, and then you can see the ones that are like trolls, and then they like all hate each other. It's like <laughs> Apex is pretty toxic. I feel like yeah. it, it is definitely like a Sony online community. But well, I think well, just games I, as a whole have somehow the comment. First threads are always IGN's comment boards are stupid. Yeah, I actually think Game Informer has the best comments I've ever seen, or Kotaku. They're the most. Like, they rarely fight each other. Yeah. Like, I don't always agree with them, but yeah. at least they don't fight. It's not always, like, infighting where it's like, well, you're dumb because this had this, yeah. you know? There's, like... There's rarely... There's a lot less Sony White Knights on Kotaku. Yeah. And, I mean, even if there's there's definitely fanboys, there just seems to be less people that care to respond to stupid comments. Yeah. So, but, yeah, IGN is my favorite. Where, like, every, <laughs> an art, every single article is yeah. somehow turned into, like, a Sony versus Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> Console war. And you can tell that like some like some like chubby kid on his computer is the one that's like really he's he's got to be like fifteen yeah because he's because you can't be a thirty year old and be so immature I mean maybe you probably can yeah so I take that back <laughs> but you can't yeah. be so immature that you really buy into this whole like oh man like Sony is so great and they they care about me they and Microsoft us. is so stupid yeah um, all they do is give people backwards compatibility and games passes I hate that geez, right yeah. so we, but it's like you can't really look at 
these two businesses and yeah. think that they're anything but businesses. Well, I mean, they um, love us and they don't, they, they would do They physically yeah. love us, but. They're family, okay? So back to our initial point. Yeah. Um, it was about fire and Yeah, so I'm, I'm, there is a system in place in this game. Maybe it was in the last game, I don't remember. But basically, there's a stat bump for class upgrading. Okay. So if you choose to promote your class, any stats that are not at the baseline of those of that class will get immediately bumped up. Okay. So let's say the base class of your... I don't know these numbers for sure. So let's say the base attack power for a knight class is like 10. Okay. And your uh, soldier that you want to upgrade is like has like 6 strength. He goes like, up to 10 then? He will go up to 10 by changing classes. Oh. So if you... If you want to, and there's there's a random factor at play because there's randomness in these games. Uh, okay. So there's so like, like, if you level up to 20, if you get really lucky, you might get a path of stat boosts in your leveling up that makes it worth it. Okay. But again... If you get more than that 10, though, is it worth waiting to get your soldier up till he's like the highest he can get, though? And then, like, because yeah. like, that's how it was in the old games. I actually wouldn't mind it if it was just like, hey, you upgrade to the next class, it starts again. Yeah. But I didn't, I just didn't know. Because old game, you wanted to get to 20. Right. And reset. So, you get more it, again, it matters in factors like, are you playing in hardcore mode? Okay. Um, or are you playing on hard? And are you playing without casual mode? Because okay. obviously that means that. Your, the the yeah. risk is very high. Um, I don't think I've heard that there's a difficulty spike um, in the game, but I don't know how intense it is. Um, they don't let you pick like what mode you want, like easy, normal. Oh, oh yeah, they do, absolutely. but he's, he's saying but what there's I'm like saying some is, like is stat maxing. Okay. The importance of it is lost probably on the normal mode. I don't know if there's an easy mode. I don't think there is. Wow. Um, so. Because again, it's a lot of grinding. They're, the game is very notorious where it's like, all right, you're making progress to level 10. And then at level 10, like every kill is like two experience to 100. Oh my goodness. Unless you play in like higher end zones and it's like... But are you at least more powerful than everything so you can just like run through battles or no? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, can, I can mow through things with one with one or two of my characters, but it's Oh really? So you don't even need the whole yeah. armor. So I, I think I've decided that I don't, I don't care about the stat maxing because one seems to not matter... Um, in normal mode to I really want to see the like max classes the overclasses So I'm not going to level all three of these to 20 just to see one more class It's gonna take hours because it's not a yeah. fast grind even with the grind maps. It's not fast So and if you can beat the whole game, what's the point really right. of like getting your guys and to also max there is two armies in this game with several characters each oh okay. I, it, what what I would have preferred and you know, I don't know if they added a bunch of characters for this remake, or if, or if simply the this old game had this many characters as well. It's impressive, it for sure. If it did, I would love since there are two armies for all of the recruitable characters to just be the max amount of people you can have at once. Yeah. So that you just never have to deal with like, oh, do I switch this guy in? And then there's also support relationships um, that you want to build up. So that's that's like another thing you kind of have to grind. Where it's like basically you make two people fight next to each other now. Oh, okay. There's no there's but, no marriage and romance okay. like there is in which old is games. you know I mean those are fun but I don't need it every game because it takes right a lot and of it's time. fun the conversations that take place between the friendships and like support building yeah. are fun because the characters are pretty cool for the most part. I've only encountered like two characters. Does getting like, married in these games do anything for you? In you can awake, have kids. Well, in Awakening, it's a pretty dang big deal. Is yeah. it? Is it in Fates? 
I only played like five missions in Fates and then I got over it. Man, it a, it's part stupid. of the plot of Awakening. Okay, so, yeah. But it doesn't give you any like stat boost or items mm-hmm. or anything. In Awakening, again, in Awakening, part of the plot twist, which if you guys haven't played, I whatever, played till the you, point that you, you eventually. You like there's like some time travel thing that happens where if people get married, their kids come and join your army. And you can actually get kids with crazy stats if you marry the right people together. Like I think you're supposed to marry Donald with someone else. You know, Donald the character is the weakest. Donella. Yeah, Donnell. And you marry him with like a beast type character or something like that, if I remember. And then you get like we're talking about bestiality. Beast reality. Uh, but no, like, I think you do that, and he gets like the strongest ki- kid character in the game, and then you level up that guy, and he's like the most powerful. Yeah. I, I can't remember, but have you played anything else recently? Um, I think that is the only thing I've played this week. I'm going to skip you for a second. I have not played a ton. I just want to get that out there. I have played a lot of Rogue Legacy, which is awesome. Yeah. I'm replaying through that. I have like restarted character. I'm, I think I'm level 128. Uh, so you level up quick every time you buy a stat you get another level and you can buy multiple stats every time you die um, but otherwise yeah I've just been uh, chilling playing that and then playing a little Mario Kart when I get a chance anything you've been playing Jank? Um, who's this strange man that's interrupting us? <laughs> there you go man no worries um, how is Mario Kart? Is it worth I, money? Like, uh, well, we talked no, about why it, it's yeah. why we think it's not. Yeah, I mean, there's no unlockables. If, if I'm just looking for something to play on the Switch, is it? Oh, do you have a lot I've of the indie been, games or I no? Was, no, I've been. Yeah, there's lots of good indie games. It. There's a lot of good indie games I'd get over that. Like Shovel Knight. Have you ever played that? No. That's really good. That's a great game. Okay. That's on like every console, and and uh, Switch has the best one. Shantae came out today. I'm tempted to buy it, but yeah, dancing. But is that what that is? Well, she's like a no. Ashanti is a is a I think an RB artist. Oh I yeah, from, I remember that song from when I was a kid. It's like oh I think I think you're talking because she's a belly dancer in the game. No, Ashanti no. half genie hero is like a she's a half genie character. Anyways, it's like a Metroid esque game. It seems okay. like a platformer, but I'm tempted just to wait till next Tuesday when Nintendo will have its direct, and I'm hoping they'll at least announce something coming out that day that will be worth getting. Okay. I I'm, um, I still, in my deepest hearts, hold the hope that they're going to do a virtual console. We'll talk about that more during the news, why I don't think it will happen. But, yeah, so what have you been playing? Oh, I've, I haven't been playing a lot. I've, I've been working on some other stuff. But oh, I did yeah. go back and play... Uh, I, I, I didn't realize that I owned the Devil May Cry remaster on Xbox One. Uh, DMC or yeah, that, DMC, Devil May Cry 4? Definitive Edition DMC. Oh, okay, yeah. That's a uh, cool one. That's I, Hipster. I like it. I don't know. Why, why did it... Like, it it dropped in price so fast. I didn't like. Well, it's because it. it was already on 360. I mean, uh, why were you like? I bought it for ten bucks on 360 or yeah, five bucks on. Well, 30. Did I, you ever play that, Rick? Um, DMC. Yeah. No, I, I got it for twenty bucks on Xbox One. I played through it in like four hours. It was a pretty short game. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's it looked cool. I I liked Devil May Cry three the most. That's like my favorite one. But do you play one? No, I think I, 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 I jumped cool. on at four. Uh, four was not. I did not like four. I tried a little bit of four, and I just I didn't. Nero was okay as a main character. Nero, yeah, you don't play as Dante, do you? You you switch. Uh, okay. Switch back and forth. Yeah, I think Nero's always the brother, right? No, he's not even related to Dante. Uh, okay, because you play as a brother in three. I think you play as him. <laughs> we just uh, <laughs> getting some sweet sweet tunes on, but yeah. Um, anything else though you want to talk about before oh, we get to the news? That's it. I've been slacking on my game plan. Well, I gotta visit El Toileta, 
So okay. we'll be back in Ryan's a moment. Ryan's got to poo everyone. Padooch. Now I actually just got to pee. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. That is one of the main reasons. To what? Uh, well, to the movie, but here. What movie? To the mummy. Boom! You're doing a, they're doing a mummy tie-in to the movie The Mummy? The game. A game. Oh. Coming to consoles and PC. Yeah. Hard pass. The uh, number one game I'm looking forward to this year. <laughs> mummy Demastered. Hey, Badooch, we are back, and we're here to talk about all the sweet, sweet news that came this last week in preparation for something we like to call E3. We just came up with that, TM, TM, TM. Um, so, any cool news that came out this week that you guys heard about? Yeah. Um, try that again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of news this week. Uh, exciting for me is that Radiant Historia, the remake, has been announced for a Western release. Dang you, Nintendo, bring it to 3DS! Um... You, you want them to bring it to 3DS? Well, I mean, sorry, Switch, doing. Switch. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, there's a list of games. Yeah, yeah, it was... Um, 3DS games. It was... Uh, let's see, Etrian Odyssey. Five. So Five. Um, Not enough. I want... Radiant Story. What was the other six. game? Is it a Shin Megami game? Uh, yeah, Shin Megami, yeah. I, I don't know which one is. It's not like the, the numbered ones, but it's yeah. like a spinoff. Um, but um, I'm really excited about that. I probably I haven't really successfully gotten into a Shin Megami game, so yeah. I don't. I probably won't get into that. Nor will I probably play Etrian Odyssey. Yeah. Um, I I enjoy. I think I like those dungeon crawlers. Um, but I'm just I'm just not enough into the aesthetic of those particular ones for me to want it. Uh, but Radiant Historia, I mean, I will just. I'll praise that game for all time, yeah. and then I'll travel back to time. travel back in time to go down the B path, praise it again, <laughs> and complete my A and B paths. Praise you, and then have my final path and praise it. Praise it more. Praise it more. So I gotta praise that. You know what's funny? If they release those games at the same time on Switch, I bet they would sell innumerable copies because there's what three million Switch owners now, and like. Five yeah. games, five actual Yeah, I mean, realistically, like, they should have they should have asked them asked to be built because it's clearly the game is not built for a Switch because it is yeah. a two it is a two screen yeah, game, so they, they would have to redo it. They have to redo some of it, but I think like most of the stat screens and stuff, like the bottom screen stuff. I mean, the fighting. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it could be done. Yeah, it, you know, they would have to do it. on the side or something like that. I just. Um, I just yeah, if it, if if that game was. There's like a handful of games. Like if that game was coming out to Switch, I would buy it. Um, yeah, Secret of Mana Collection, which just came out in Japan. If that would was be coming amazing out, that'd be awesome. if they were going to give us that one. But they don't, they won't translate Seeking Dynasty 3. Yeah. It's so cool though. Well, how do they decide what games to bring over here and what games to not? I think, well, for that one, I think it's just they're not translated. So they're not, or one of the and games they, isn't they translated. Just don't so. Put money into translating? They don't even have to put money. They could probably just ask the fan translation guy if they could use his translation. He'd probably say yes, would be my guess. Yeah. A lot of people just do it because they love the games anyways. They just probably don't want to do any of the work. 
So yeah. all the work would be. I don't know if there was a if there was ever an official translation yeah. for that one because a lot of a lot of those games that don't make it over here, like from the old RPGs, like the Super Nintendo, Ray Nintendo, a lot of them were like. It's been translated. We just didn't release it. Yeah. So, like, I think that's what happened with Mother, right? So just, yeah. They just sit on it. What? Why? What? Sometimes it's because of system. Like, um, I think in the case of, um, I'm trying to think of the game. Like, I know. Like, I think. Like, for example, Star Fox Two, yeah. which is not just not translated. It was also never released. Yeah. Uh, was done, but the Nintendo 64 was coming out, so yeah. they didn't want to release another game on Super Nintendo, which is so interesting because of what they're doing with the 3DS, where yeah. it's like, oh, we have our new system out, but let's keep releasing games for other system. Yeah, um, it's so frustrating. That's actually pretty fascinating when you think about that. It's a yeah. huge change of philosophy. Um, oh, yeah, and what what uh, Dank's talking about real quick to fill up everyone in is there was a Pokemon Direct this uh, this last week, and not only were there the 3DS RPGs that we just mentioned, but they everybody was waiting for it. It finally happened. Pokemon's coming to Switch. Everybody, the crowd was going wild. Everybody was cheering them on. And then it was actually Pokin, which everybody wanted more. So everybody went wild and they loved it. <laughs> did the did the audience like no. go down? Like yeah. the I, I know that there was somebody I read a comment like the night before, like, hey, I hope it's Pokemon on Switch because I have stocks in Nintendo and I hope they go up. <laughs> that guy's sad because I doubt his stocks went up at all. No. Um, um, yeah, it's so dumb. They keep releasing, there's going to be new Pokemon on 3DS in November. So yeah. we thought it was done at the end of the summer, but doesn't look like it. Um, uh, there's what, what else has been news this week? Um, Final Fantasy Dissida. Oh yeah, for oh, PS4 yeah. only. The, it was actually like an old game. It's it's Is not it? an, it's not the old Dissidia. It's one that they released I think a year or two ago specifically arcades. for arcades. Yeah. So it was a newly developed game because I don't think Team Ninja made the other ones. No, 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 no. Yeah, and I guess I keep forgetting Dissidia was like eight years ago. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. this is a new game. I. I I can't believe it's what like is that the long. story in this? Is this like how in, in Marvel versus DC these stories are pretty? Like are the stories for these are beings. pretty batshit? Yeah, it's like it's almost the exact same. Basically, they've taken the uh, they no matter what spinoff of Final Fantasy, whenever there's a Final Fantasy where multiple characters are involved, they always revert to the main bad guy from Final Fantasy One, which is Chaos. Oh, okay, and uh, or Garland sometimes, but usually Chaos. Um, See the guy looks like Ifrit that I saw in the trailer. So maybe, like yeah, movie. maybe not quite like Ifrit though. He's way more like. Uh, I'll see if I can find a picture for you while I'm talking about him. But they, so they always they always go into even like the rhythm games. It's always like the balance between light and like chaos and light or whatever is like. <laughs> yeah. So there's like the light goddess and, and there's chaos. chaos. There's always the they always like pull the crystal card. Oh, he's asking yeah. if it's this guy. I think. Uh, I don't think that's chaos. You're asking if it's this. Yeah. yeah no. I'll show you what chaos looks like. Um, he looks like a giant, like a giant doom demon from Doom, but with wings. Um, yeah, I, I. But there, I mean, the mechanics of at least I think Duo Decim Dissidia, the second one, the sequel prequel. Yeah, the sequel. <laughs> this, the stories are pretty. The stories are pretty innate. But I mean, yeah. they are the the root. They don't need to be anything else because the root of those games is simply the fact that you are playing a like fighting game with Final Fantasy characters and you're beating each other. Like I mean, it's it's it, the gameplay looked cool because I saw yeah. you like run around yep. and stuff. Like it's not just a side. It's like a Power Stone as fighter. Is yeah. what the previous games were one v one, right? 
Um, I think it was you who played one guy because I only played the first one. That was one v one. I never played duo Dechum or whatever. I don't remember. It's because this one's a three v three, which is very different. Like this is like Marvel vs. Capcom three. Yeah, where I, I'm, but in Marvel vs. Capcom three, it's not three v three at the same time. Uh, I don't know if this is three v three at the same time either. Isn't yeah. it like a tag team three v three? Maybe I don't know. I didn't really read on it. I just, yeah, I didn't get checked. He looks something like this. I mean, this is the. I think okay. this is the Tetsuya. Nomura version, so the slightly cheesier version, but yeah, I mean um, it's it it looks cool. I don't know if I'll buy it. I might get it on like a sale at some point. I kind of don't. I mean, I I don't entirely understand why they don't bring these games to Xbox. I, I know why they don't bring them to Switch. I still think it's dumb. I still think you degrade the graphics, put it on more stuff, you sell a lot more copies. But what? So what? What sold more though, like Final Fantasy 15 on Xbox or on? Sony? I assume the PlayStation oh, ones, just Sony, because Sony. they have 60 million consoles but out there. Did, so. did they sell enough on Xbox to justify making more Final Fantasy? Probably. Let me see. Uh, I'll check. Keep talking about it, but uh, I'm gonna check that out real quick. I bet if they even sold more than a million copies, that's 60 million dollars. Yeah. I bet that was worth the development to put on just Xbox because they're not that radically different. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it wasn't like. Um, this was series last chance had low sales target. Um, I guess PlayStation on a PlayStation thing, they they said that Final Fantasy 15 has sold six million total. So it's kind of really hard to to see what the actual sales are for each one. Hmm. People just say, oh, PlayStation. How old is that article though? Uh, that was March fourth. Right. Um, this December sixth one was saying that the PlayStation sold. Uh. I don't think that's right. I don't think it's seventy nine percent. I wouldn't. I wouldn't disbelieve. But that that's entirely. UK, yeah. so I, that's not all. So Dissida, though, is it worth playing? Worth me buying? Yeah, if you have a PlayStation Four, I mean, you can wait for any one of the three games that Sony continually announces at E three to come out someday. <laughs> but speaking of E three, did you know? Uh, but yeah, I would say Dissida is a fun is a fun time. Yeah. I, I love mostly. I think Final Fantasy Explorers, which I recently played, is probably the most disappointing Final Fantasy spinoff I've ever played. Okay. Um, and disappointing because the 3DS doesn't have a camera. The camera's not fun, and it's a loot grinder. So there's no like progression other than getting better items, and I, it's just not for me. So I can't even really comment on whether or not it's a good game because. It's a style of game that I really don't care for. Um, to real quick go back to Final Fantasy 15 sales and to GameFAQs earlier, I ended up on a GameFAQs article to find the sale. It says, a guy wrote something that was worth sharing where it says, Breaking news, JRPG game sells better on a Japanese console with a 2 to 1 install base than a console with zero Japanese presence. And then he wrote at the end, goes back to enjoying Final Fantasy 15 on Xbox One. <laughs> so I, there's a lot of people who, who got it. Like, I think they're going to keep Kingdom Hearts 3 coming to Xbox One. I wouldn't be surprised if Final Fantasy 7, because even if it's even if it sells 2 to 1, so yeah. they sold 6 million. So even if it sells 1.5 million, yeah. like I said, that's, that's more than $60 million. Like, and even if they sold them at $40, that's still 50, 60 million, you know? And I know they... They need a lot, but my guess is their budget was four hundred million. I know it was high because it was so long, but I mean, I, I hope they build something 
built a tool set that's usable for Final Fantasy 16, maybe even 17. I hope they did too, but they were supposed to do the same thing with 13, and we saw that's why we got three sequels to third or two sequels to 13 is because they built that engine. They had nothing to use it on. Um, so what are the odds you think we'll see a 15-2 at E3? I don't know. I just don't want them to keep doing DLC. I want them to move on to the next thing. Or if they do DLC, I want it to be radically huge. 15, like, I don't want... 15 doesn't really end in a way that... But yeah, that being said... 13, though. Like, 13 totally like... ended in a way there could be a sequel. They just undid the ending so they yeah. could make a worse sequel. <laughs> 13 ended... Th- 13 may have ended in in the setup for the best possible sequel. And they didn't do it. And they, they were like, mm, let's... Let's let's make a different ending yeah. and make a worse sequel. Like thirteen <laughs> literally ended because everyone can play. I think I've already talked about this on this podcast before, but thirteen ended. Not talking about enough. I can't. I really can't. I like I'm so <laughs> sore because I thought Lightning Returns was a pretty was a pretty okay game, but that's like saying like like oh I paid a thousand dollars at this restaurant for really terrible food, but at least dessert was good. Yeah. So it's like. Like, it's not really, like, yeah, that, that great, but it is so much better than uh, thirteen two. But thirteen ends with and two characters sacrificing right? themselves yeah. and humanity finding itself on a planet that's been, that they haven't been on in, like, a thousand Spoilers. years or something. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers for the three people that haven't played Final Fantasy thirteen before that will actually play it one yeah. day. If they listen to us, they're probably and playing. they they literally and they literally end there with a whole new planet to explore the mysteries of, which is like the antithesis of like the corridor complaints yeah. of the first game, where it's like, oh, it's constantly on rails. You're just like yeah. one pathway. There's nothing to do. Yeah. That kind of thing. And instead, they're like, well, we're not going to make this like open world. Explore this new. World. I mean, there could be ancient evils they might awaken. There could be a who knows what you could discover on this new yeah. planet. Like instead, so what if the time. ending never happened, <laughs> and then you have to travel through time, not to open world areas, just to the same kind of like one dimensional areas, but you can pick which order you want to go to them in, Whoa. and you collect monsters. Yeah, and then <laughs> it's and it's just I. I think I've already mentioned this as well, but I actually legitimately laughed out loud at the ending to that game. Uh, 13-2, right? 13-2. Because and isn't like a 45-minute ending or something like that you said? Like a really yeah. long, like... It's and, and then basically all that happens is the main girl dies. Yeah. And, it's and like, the sister, right, Sarah? Yeah. And it's like when she died, I was like so flabbergasted at that entire game. And then that happened, I like laughed. It makes the whole game pointless. Like. <laughs> it doesn't make the whole game pointless because they're setting up... Lightning returns, I guess. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> to undo man, the stuff that they did in thirteen. Someone, I feel like someone, some like Japanese dude that wrote that story, like had a really bad philosophy teacher and has a lot of like angst build up and just wrote the worst, the worst story I've ever experienced in my life in a game. That is that is the worst one. Is thirteen two. Thirteen two. Yeah. Lightning returns looked cool, and yeah. I played the demo and I enjoyed it. The only thing I couldn't stand, and we've talked about this before, is. They took out experience in battles. So you saw the battle, but you could only get experience and level up through doing quests, right? There is more to it than that. It's, but it's just so frustrating. Why would you take that out? The battling see, was fun. If you, actually, if you played through the game, though, I don't think you'd be as frustrated that, by that mechanic. Because it's not like... The game only lasts like 12 or 13, 24 hours. Well, you have a timer, right? Days. You have a timer, but it's, it's pretty easy to extend your timer to the point where you never reach the end of it. Because you, you are... Awaken like you're like saving people from because basically what happens is that they've screwed over the whole universe and story so much yeah. 
so much. Is Again, it like everyone evil now or something like that? This, like, it's so funny. Snow's they, evil. Because what happens when Sarah dies is this thing called chaos takes over. Oh, and, back to chaos. Yeah, and so it's like... Now it all ties together. And it, they, they... Oh, man. It's so crazy. But... <laughs> I'm gonna stop laughing for a second about it. But again, there's like pretty cool lore there with like the gods and like this cybernetic moon planet that humanity lives on, and then this giant, like 20 times the size planet that no one's lived on forever, or there's like few inhabitants or something like that. Or, or the, and there's like. Is that Pulse? Is yeah, that's, Pulse? that's Grand Pulse and stuff. It's like there's so much set up, and instead. They're like, well, we screwed all this up because the universe is going to collapse with chaos. So Lightning now has to go and save people that are her friends from dying, from being lost to chaos forever. So she has to save their souls because everyone's part of making chaos worse and worse. But everything is like in some crazy Alice in Wonderland world where it's like, like things are not connected. Everything's divided by darkness. You have to like travel to places and save people like literally yeah. completing a quest like someone is saved and then they like disappear or something or they don't disappear I, don't, I forget it doesn't matter but um, all of that is to save people for the end of the game when you basically reboot the entire universe and then it just turns into like the normal world yeah like the ending of the game is is lightning boarding a train to go visit her sister like in like in like regular like they wanted you know what they wanted is because there was that phase where like high fashion was using lightning as like yeah, a 3D the Louis model. Vuitton. <laughs> so that's what they did. It's like she gets on a train with her like Louis Vuitton clothes and uh, is like things are different now. Like it's the normal world. So I don't have superpowers and I have to charge my iPhone and like it's not that it's not that. But it's it's basically like there's no the world is rebooted without any fantasy or science fiction elements. So it's just well, like. Yeah. Mundane. And hooray! Hooray! <laughs> we took out but everything. man, they should go back and retcon their 13 <laughs> Yeah, Well, we'll get a reboot of 13, yeah. the whole series. Yeah, Final right. Fantasy announces instead of 16, they're going to redo 13. 13, I, I would, I would get behind a redone 13-2 with the actual sequel that they should have made. And I know that some, I know that some nerds... <laughs> what they call it? I, I've, I've read nerds before talk about how, like, oh, if you read the... Uh, the like in the what is it the index or the oh, okay. what's it called codex, codex? Okay. there's like tons of things about how in order to have saved everyone in 13 this goddess had to like break some universal law and that's why chaos is breaking it's like but you know what you know you could just the guy that made up the world just go oh that's not true like <laughs> i mean that's what they did with everything else so it's like it's like oh no she just she just saved everyone because she's a goddess like it's all good <laughs> and then now explore this world you know well, Maybe awaken some ancient power where some dickhole human is like, I'm gonna control this and I'm gonna I'm gonna control humanity on this new thing. There's like so many things yeah. they could do with an open world exploring the world game. But they didn't want to do that. No, they didn't want to do that. So speaking of chaos, we're about to come on to the most chaotic time in history for gamers. We are three days away. Three days? Press conferences start on yeah, sat Saturday, Sunday. Saturday. No, Saturday. Saturday is E3 is like E3 play. Yeah. Or E3. E, no, EA. Sorry. Yeah, EA e, has a thing But it's Saturday. called, they don't do press conferences anymore. Oh. So it's just like a play. So we've kind of talked about what we want to see from Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo. What do you guys want to see from Bethesda? They're the, the first non-console maker. They're Sunday night. Do you know what I could get behind on Bethesda? A... New Elder Scrolls. Elder Scrolls. <laughs> no, no, no. Elder Scrolls Online for the Switch. 
Why? I don't know. You could just I, play that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not that I'm against I, that. I want any games to come to the Switch. Like, all go, but I, I own it. I'm not going to play it, so I guess I could do it. I, I don't know. I just Have you played that game? No. They, they Okay, what? I, I don't want to spend this time ranting on it. Is play it? it. Okay. They have lots of free play weekends. Just try it out. Okay. They added classes to the game. Classes do not work well in Elder Scrolls game. It just feels very constrictive. This is a very debatable point okay. for, that Brian feels very strongly about. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> anyways. So tell. talk about something else cool and not some terrible we just, idea. We just sidetrack really fast. <laughs> I want to make clear my reason for such un, <laughs> unending passion and anger towards the 13 trilogy is because... I was pretty frustrated with Square after 12 because of the way they treated its initial director and the changes they made. The, the, the game has a pretty unbalanced final third. It's a great game. Yeah. I freaking love it. But you can tell that some... It's the same thing. It's the problem with same, same problem with Mass Effect. Like yeah. You can tell that something happened in the middle of development where they're like, oh, well, scrap that. Let's do this. Yeah. And then the guys making the game are like, what What the hell is your problem, bosses? And like, it, the game suffers for it. So I At least the beginning of 12 was fun, whereas the beginning of Andromeda, I can't even right, get myself right. to well, get it's through. Well, it's a way different scale game, <laughs> yeah. of course. But I, I, was pretty, I, was pretty, I was starting to lose a lot of faith in Square um, at that point. Uh, and then also Lost Odyssey came out, which, yeah, was, which was amazing. Awesome. So yeah. it's yeah. like... Lost Odyssey uh, was awesome. So... Um, and I was like, okay, so I guess I don't need Square to, to like count on really good RPGs for. I just need these guys or something. But um, 13, 13 like they put it on Xbox. So I was like, okay, we're off Sony's teeth a little bit yeah. here. Because they're I pretty, that was a pretty that huge was, announcement too. Yeah, because they were a pretty toxic company at that time. That was like the $7,000 PlayStation 3 yeah. era. Where $700 it's like, or whatever. Where it's like, I was over that. And then... Try like I know the complaints about the corridors and all that kind of stuff, but try as hard as I could. I I couldn't hate thirteen. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed pretty much the entire game. I yeah. love the environments and the corridor places, so it didn't really bother me. I thought the dude that did the music um, had a really great take on a Final Fantasy style score, and that dude has a very unique style. Like he did the soundtrack to Legend of Legacy and a bunch of other games, where it's like when I hear his music, I'm like, oh, it's not Yoko like, Shimomura. Is it? No, she did 15. Oh, okay, yeah, and I she like her she also sound has like a very distinct sound. Like yeah, when I listen to 15, even when I'm hearing like rehashed Final Fantasy melodies um, from like older games, uh, which there isn't a ton of, but like the music, the way it's the piano drivenness of it, very much sounds like like her. Like if you listen to the Radiant Historia soundtrack or the Legend of Mana soundtrack, there's definitely yeah. a distinct style. And the guy that did 13 um, has that same characteristic, where it's a very distinct style. So it's I, I liked it. So that's why I'm so mad at 13 too, because it was like, well, we'll, don't make me like this and then <laughs> well, ruin it. Speaking of Final Fantasy, before we get back to Bethesda, they are not doing a press conference this year. Square Enix, I believe, did one last year, so this is a very strange. Don't they? they? I thought they I thought, just I think announced. They, they usually do... tie their stuff into like Sony or, or Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah, they. Well, one year they did both. They did Final Fantasy 15 trailers for PlayStation and Microsoft. Um, I could have swore Square Enix had its own press conference um, previously, but anyways, okay. So, what do you want to see that's not Elder Scrolls Online? Now I want to ask you the same question at Bethesda. Honestly, I, I have nothing. I, really, I'm not a huge Fallout fan. I don't. I'm curious to see what their so, new IP is because they show that map where everything's under oh, construction. Yeah, because I'm, I'm curious to see what that is. But uh, two, I mean, two new IPs. Two by new way. IPs. But, uh, I'm curious to see what they are. But like, I besides, I I would like to see. I just like 
Elder Scrolls is like the main thing well, I like by Bethesda. A lot of people are mentioning that they may do something similar to New Vegas. Oh, yeah. That's uh, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.